Here it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John 15 is where we're going to be. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and um, open those up. If you use some sort of digital-based product, uh, I know we have actually uh, somebody who works for Apple in the room, so I won't be derogatory, even though Apple royally messed me up this morning. Uh, so if you use an iPhone, feel free to go to your app and look at the Bible that way. So we're in John 15. That's the kind of primary verse I want to kind of build uh, this message around this morning. And um, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're here, that as we gather together as your family, as your sons and daughters, there is revelation from your word that you don't just want us to grapple with it at a head level, but you want to impart something to our lives. When you don't want to bring information, but you want to form something in us. That was always your desire, right from the point when you sent your son Jesus to rescue us and redeem us into our new found identity as your sons and daughters, that we would live from a place of identity, that we would live from a place of assurance of of who we are in you, that we discover anew every day the beauty of who you are, Father God, and that we discover what life looks like to live according to that beauty. So we ask, God, that you'd open up your word and you'd help us this morning, help me, and uh, we pray, God, that it would be transformational to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so my goal really for this morning uh, is that we would explore something together, that we would explore what it is to live out and experience the normal Christian life. But I would put a caveat to that in that I want to explore what it looks like to, to live out and experience the normal Christian life that is sustained. And that sustaining of the normal Christian life is what I really want to drill into this morning that actually the normal Christian life would be something that we explore from the foundation of the, the new life, the new identity, the new nature that ultimately we discover when we first met Jesus, right? You, you know that, that in this beautiful narrative of the gospel, that when it, when it breaks into your life and my life, it begins to redefine how we see our lives. This is yes, this is no, right? You know that that's the case, that, that when the gospel lands in our lives, when we accept what Jesus did, that we are born anew, that we're new creations. And then we know as we look at, at Romans that this beautiful journey of, of encountering Holy Spirit and Him helping us, coming alongside us and helping us see that we are sons and daughters, that we're adopted into God's family. The salvation wasn't simply there to save us from hell, but it was to thrust us into new life and new eternal relationship with the Father forever. Like, this is the good news. And some of you are mildly impressed by that good news. Mark did a phenomenal job last week uh, at looking at um, how we thrive through every season, how we thrive through change. And... Um, one of the key things that really jumped out to me is he was kind of navigating through that and really helping us ground ourselves in a place was that actually through every season, no matter what change looks like, no matter what's going on in our lives, that actually there is constantly and consistently resurrection life flowing through our veins. 
There's resurrection life that is a part of the foundation of who we are. And that can't be disturbed, taken away, um, interrupted by the seasonal things that are happening around us. There is a consistency to the resurrection life of Jesus that flows in us and through us. And I believe that that's, I want to actually build from that place to know that the foundation of our lives, our new identity, that that truly holds the key to us sustaining the normal Christian life. That the normal Christian life does not have to be defined by things that we do for a little while and then things that we forget. Things that we put our hand to, but then things that we shy away from. Things that we experience in one season and then don't experience in the next. There, are, there is a landscape of the normal Christian life that is to define every part and every season of our life. In fact, in such a way, and we'll discover it as we look at the Scripture today, that it actually grows and is sustained in and through our lives. How many of you realize that, that, um, that when you look at our lives, so often the, the seasons that we go through and the change that we, that, we're, that we find are so often defined by things that we once experienced that we now don't, or things that we didn't do that we now do, or things that we did, I'm getting confused. Like, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't used to go to the gym, but now I go to the gym. You know, I didn't used to eat carbs. Now I'm miserable. Like, we understand that there are different seasons in life when we do things and we ebb and flow. How many of you around the new year go and sign up to a gym? And how many of you by sort of February, March, it's a long distant memory what that gym actually looks like, right? Often seasons of life are marked by things that we do and then things that we kind of give up on. But there's something about the normal Christian life that just shouldn't be expressed like that. I feel sad in my own and disappointed as I reflect on my own life at times and seasons where, where I've been passionate for prayer. And then when I look and I think, do you know, I'm just, I'm just not as passionate for prayer as I was back then. I think about times and seasons when I was passionate for, for sharing and seeing the gospel demonstrated in how I talk to my friends. And then I look now and I'm like, oh, that was, a, that was something in my past. And I, I want to challenge you and challenge us as we think about this, that there is, a, there is a, a, a normal Christian life that shouldn't be so stop-start. That there are some things that we should experience with consistency and, and momentum in our lives. Things that should be growing exponentially in our lives that shouldn't just be um, put down to a, oh, I did it for a season and now I don't. Right? And I think for, for, for so many of us, we, we get locked into a, a line of thinking that ultimately is, is attached to if there is a certain amount of things that I'm supposed to do in the context of the normal Christian life, as long as I apply simply just discipline to do those things, then they'll, they'll happen in my life. And then several years go by and we realize, oh, they're not showing up anymore. Those things, that prayer life that I hungered for. That desire for the supernatural, that desire for the prophetic, my desire to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God, those at times were passion, I was passionate for, but, but now they just don't seem to show up. They're not as evident. And there's something that we've got to grapple with, and I, and I want to propose to you this morning, that it's because we don't build those things and grow those things from the foundation of our identity is why it's so often we find those things dissipating and disappearing from our lives. The normal Christian life 
It's a life that we get to build from the foundation of who we are. And we get to experience those things and establish those things and grow those things and sustain those aspects of the normal Christian life. And we don't have to be ones that look back with disappointment. I don't want to be looking back at the end of my life and look at the, the seasonal way that different things showed up in my life. That things that I dreamed about that God put in front of me is just the normal Christian life and look back and think, yeah, that, that was scattered or that was evident in my youth, but I never really sustained and grew those things. So John 15, verse 14 to 17, let's read these verses together. It says this, and I want, just before I dive into this, I know we, we did a series back earlier on in the year about fruit that remains, and this was the launch passage that Sarah kind of springboarded as we looked at um, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. I want to focus a little differently this morning. So um, these verses will be familiar to you because we've, we've looked at them um, a few months back. But again, I want to dive into them with a slightly different lens. Verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father... I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So Jesus introduces this, this concept of a plant that our, that our lives, are the normal Christian life is much like a, a plant. And uh, he gives... Uh, some context to what that, that plant should look like, and then he gives uh, uh, some indication of what should come from that growth in, in relation to how a plant might live. And we're looking again today at sustaining the normal Christian life. And I believe that, that the key to sustaining the normal Christian life is the concept that we understand where the normal Christian life grows from where it grows from, what it's founded on, what it's built upon, what the root systems of that normal Christian life are. I uh, have been reading a, a book um, by J.B. Phillips. J.B. Phillips wrote a translation, which is actually, uh, it's fast becoming my favorite translation, is definitely Sarah's of the Bible. If you, if you want to uh, get a new translation of the Bible, J.B. Phillips um, was a, uh, a, a pastor of a church many, many years ago, um, but I wrote a translation. It's amazing. But he wrote a book called Plain Christianity. In fact, he didn't write a book. He gave several lectures, which were then compiled into a book. And he, it's looking at plain Christianity. I want to read you a section of that because it, it helps set up what I want to talk about. This is what J.B. Phillips said. He said, For I am not particularly interested in religious thrills and visions, though I don't deny that they have their value." But I'm intensely interested in how the Christian faith works in every day. Frankly, I'm not a bit impressed by any religion unless it actually works out in practice. But I think the Christian religion does. In fact, I do seriously think that if I were looking for proof of the genuineness of plain Christianity, I should look first of all at the lives of a plain Christian. This, uh, this thing works out in practice. Indeed, although I believe Christianity to be historically true, that it is founded on a historical facts, not a myth or a series of beautiful thoughts, 
And although I'd be prepared to argue the value of plain Christianity as the only sane and sensible way of meeting this life and whatever lies beyond, yet I think what convinces me most is the lives of plain Christians. Now, naturally, that sounds like a very rash statement for everyone knows there are quite a number of poor quality Christians, it's a bit harsh, poor quality Christians about who are quite the opposite of a good advertisement for their faith. And I should have to admit, since the Christian faith is really a way of living, that the lives of people who are trying to follow that way are, at any given moment, at very different stages of development. So what J.P. Phillips is, is saying here is, is, that, is that he's acknowledging the fact that actually plain Christianity, that the normal Christian life works. And that's most evident in the lives of those that are, are allowing that normal Christian life to grow in the context of their life and become visible to those around them. There's obviously the acknowledgement that, that part of that, that growth journey, different people are at different stages. And so when we superimpose that idea into these verses in John, we, we recognize that actually that's right. When that new life seed is planted in our lives at salvation, that ultimately, as, uh, in terms of where we're all at in that journey, we're at different stages and, and places in that growth journey. The end goal is that always that we would bear fruit. The end goal is always that we would bear fruit that lasts, fruit that remains. But nonetheless, we're on a journey of growth, right? And I want to try and focus in and around on this, this image that Jesus gives us of a plant because it's so helpful to understand where are we building from and what's our end goal? And J.B. Phillips is right. Christianity works. This faith works, and it's most evident in the lives of plain Christians. The normal Christian life is most evident in normal Christians. It's you and I. The thing we have to realize is that the normal Christian life is a life lived, not a behavior learned. We're not simply on this journey, simply trying to pick up uh, an understanding of principles that we give our lives to. We're actually building from a much different foundation. It's the foundation of who God redefined us to be when we were born again. Our new nature, our new life, our new identity, this becomes the foundation on which we grow this normal Christian life. And the picture that Jesus gives us of, of, a, of a plant producing fruit is so helpful. And I want to dive into it, not because I'm a great, is it a horticulturist? Listen, I, uh, um, I think my parents are coming to the second service, so I can be pretty upfront with you in this service. But I, uh, I grew up in a home that, uh, where, look, my parents kill everything when it comes to plants. Like, they just kill everything. Um, my godmother, Margaret, who's part of this church community, would regularly give my parents beautiful plants for their birthdays or for Christmas, and they would regularly, as in every time, kill them. I, have, uh, I believe my parents actually killed an artificial plant once. It, it, it happened. They're that bad. So I don't necessarily... Uh, I come from a great line of horticulturists, but I think I do know the basics around plants. But anyway, we want to look at that um, because I think this, this, this image really helps us. It helps us understand this, this, um, this journey we're on, this journey of growth, and this end goal of expressing fruit, lasting fruit in every area of our life. It, it, 
it helps us understand how we do that. And there's a context which Jesus gives us in these verses, which is incredible. But there's three things that, um, I guess, in, in its simplicity, that, that I know about plants and know about growing fruit. And those three things are this, that you have to plant something, that you have to grow something, and that you have to prune something. All right? It's pretty safe in the realms of plants, that you have to grow, plant something, grow something, and prune something. So what about planting something? Ultimately, that really is about starting something new. How many of you know that you cannot produce fruit if you don't plant a seed? This is just the way nature, nature points us to how this whole thing works. You can't, you can't reap a harvest without planting a seed. There's the principles that we find in Scripture, but actually it's, it is just reflective of nature that you, that you reap only because you've sown. And at every season of life, there is an opportunity to sow. And in every, opportunity, every season of life, there's an opportunity to reap. But ultimately, planting something is about the intentional act in order to grow something, in order to produce fruit. It, it starts with the intentional act of planting something, starting something new. And I realize that for, for many of us, this exploration of the normal Christian life is constantly throwing us new things, new seeds to plant. You know, if you're five days into your faith journey with Jesus, you, you begin to start to discover that actually there's a whole new way of communicating with God. It's called prayer. And actually, you get to plant the seed of prayer in your life. That through this journey, you get to discover about God's word and the, and the desire for it to be planted and rooted in our lives. And you get to plant the seed of desire to read God's word and, and, this, and worship and the presence of God. There's so many things that we would want to plant in our lives because they're, they're, we discover these new things. I think one of the interesting things for, uh, for myself is that, is that the challenge often comes is when we discover that there's a new seed to plant, but it's different to what we've, already, what we've always known. That's often the challenge, to start something new that's actually quite different to what we've always known. But nonetheless, the intentionality around planting something new, again, to pick on my parents, um, because they're not here. They'll be here second service. I won't say any of this. But um, I remember when, do you remember when we transitioned from like one massive black bin to like what seemed like dozens of different colored bins? And we were all of a sudden like, oh, right. Okay, well, there's a green one, a blue one, and a brown one. And now my black one's tiny. Do you guys remember that? It's pretty traumatic because we'd never known well, some of us had, some of us tree-hugging people in here had known the reality, the fact that our planet is dying and we need to start recycling. You guys were ahead of the curve, prophetic in nature. But, but those that are sort of like, oh yeah, I just, we've just been burning stuff in the back garden, I thought that's what we were supposed to do. Like, um, it was something very new. We had all of a sudden like reams of bins when we'd been used to one. And my parents were classic, you know, because this, you know, was several years after they'd had these bins parked up at the pristine-looking bins that had never been used at the side of their house. And, and I was like having a conversation with them one day, and, and I realized that, I'm realizing this as I get older, change is harder when you're older, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> offending some people. Anyway, just this journey of like, how do I go? I've always just thrown everything in one bin. Now you're asking me to think strategically about where my cans go, where my plastic goes, where my paper goes. Like you're asking me to think completely differently. 
You're asking me to unlearn a behavioral pattern, which means that I never even thought twice about what I did with my rubbish. And now you're asking me to contemplate and think and process how I subdivide that rubbish and then appropriately place that in the receptacle that is designed for it based on a color. And then you're going to even blow my mind and say that these different colored bins are going to be taken at different times during the day. And this tiny black bin that you've given me, which is not sufficient for anything, is going to be taken every two weeks. Like, it's a hugely mind-blowing thing to go from a way that your life is ordered and constructed and orientated one way to go, oh, there's something new, there's something uh, new that I've got to do and something new that I've got to, to learn, right? And it's the same thing with this, with this normal Christian life. Whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, the revelation of who God is is ever-increasing and is ever-new. If the angels in heaven, every time they bow their heads and lift up, catch a new glimpse of who God is and, and are flung into spontaneous activation of worship, if that's how the angels are in heaven, surely here on earth, like we're going to get new facets of who God is, and it changes our paradigm. It changes how we have to think, how we have to behave. And yes, so it's so challenging. Listen, I'm with you on this. New things are challenging. But the intentionality of a normal Christian life that is birthed through the planting of a new seed, a new seed that we're going to nurture, we're going to grow, we're going to see it through to that seed producing fruit, it's a challenge. But guess what we don't get if we don't plant? We don't get the fruit. We don't see the fruit. The demonstration of the normal Christian life, the fruit of the normal Christian life, will not be demonstrated in and through our lives if we don't plant that seed. What about growing something? So outside of planting a seed, the next single most important aspect of growing fruit is the environment that you plant that seed in. You know that if you throw seed on a path, it does not grow any fruit. The environment in which that seed is planted is pivotal to that seed's capacity, that seed's potential to grow fruit, right? And it's the same in our lives. It's the same in our lives. How many of you realize that, um, that what happens, the first thing that happens when you plant a seed is not fruit. It's roots. And that journey of, of, of growing a root system is entirely dependent on the environment of the soil. And it's the same for our lives. If we want to see the fruit of the normal Christian life grow and develop in our lives, we have to be planted in healthy soil. And I would say that the scripture is so helpful in pointing us to what that soil looks like. It is the presence of God. It is, it is his word. It is community. God gives us the beautiful gift of community for us to be planted in. You know, that we have to pay attention to um, the environment that we plant ourselves in. Because if we want to see the fruit of the normal Christian life, we have to pay attention to that environment. What about pruning something? You know, dealing with those things that, that, that will cut short or swallow up the beauty of the normal Christian life. You know, the normal Christian life is to flourish and to grow. It is to produce fruit in every area of our lives, in your personal life, in your family life, in your workplace, in your city, in your street. The normal Christian life is to produce fruit and fruit that lasts, fruit that remains. 
So you better be paying attention to the things that ultimately would love to cut that fruit short or constrain that fruit. You know, whether that is, whether that is ways of thinking, whether that is unbelief, whether it's fear, whether it's anxiety, or whether actually it's simply down to, to obedience. Actually, maybe there's, a, there's areas of our lives that we need to prune in relation to our obedience to Jesus. That's how it opened up these verses in John in John, it, it was effectively saying, if you're my friends, you'll obey my commandments. In other words, the hallmark of the normal Christian life is obedience to Christ. Like we can't circumvent that one. So when it comes to your giving, when it comes to, it, when it comes to God's standard in your life, ultimately to see things grow healthy fruit, actually this journey of what am I going to take responsibility of pruning? What am I going to be intentional around? So that actually my life is lined up in obedience. But with all of those things, we talked about planting, growing, pruning something. But the reality is we're not talking about something. We're talking about someone. We're talking about our lives. The normal Christian life starts and ends with who God is, who you are, and ultimately in this growth journey, who you're becoming. That's what we see from these verses. So I want us to, I'm going to read these verses again, and I want you to listen to them through the lens of identity. Because this is it, guys. I am fully convinced that if we signed up to the Christian faith, uh, faith based on trying to assign ourselves to a set of principles or practices, we missed out on the fact that actually we aligned ourselves to a person. Like uh, the normal Christian life started and ended with a person. Not a program, not principles, not things that you should just simply prioritize. It's a person. So listen to these verses in, through the lens of your identity. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from, from uh, my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So whatever you ask in my Father's name, he will give you. This whole, these whole verses are, are an insight into who you and I really are and an insight into how we interact with, with Father God. It's all rooted in identity. The normal Christian life finds it, find its foundation and grows from that place. Listen, if we're trying to grow a normal Christian life purely and simply through the disciplines of life, and listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. There is absolutely, in the process of pruning, in the process of intentionally planting yourself in good soil, there's a lot of discipline and intentionality that's needed. But if we're trying to simply base the, the growth of our normal Christian life on a on, on achieving certain principles or practices, we've missed out on the fact that it starts and ends with a father. It starts and ends with who he says I am and who he's forming me and who, he, who I'm becoming. I love these verses because it said, I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my father's name, the father will give you. Um, these, this verse in particular has been really taken out of context. We really like the bit that says, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Right? 
I like that bit because I can just ask for anything. The context of that verse is in the context of you and I growing good fruit, fruit that will remain. That's the context in which we can ask for anything. The context of asking and receiving is bearing fruit and fruit that will last. The key to asking and receiving is through Jesus as sons and daughters. The context is always identity. So we get to ask for whatever fruit of the normal Christian life we want. Like this is the interaction. This is the deal that we get to build our lives upon. That because of who we are, because of who our Father is, we get to ask for whatever fruit we want to see grow in our lives. We can come to Jesus and we can say, I want to walk in the supernatural, normal Christian life. And Jesus does this. He takes us to the Father. When he takes us to the Father, we discover two things. First of all, we discover a person. We discover a Father in which and through which we get, again, this revelation of we are sons and daughters. That's what we find at the Father. And the second thing that we find at the Father is you can have that normal Christian life. You can have that supernatural normal Christian life because it really is who you are. It's who I created you to be. That actually, that as sons and daughters, I've entrusted the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven, which is the supernatural life, the reality of the kingdom of heaven, pulled down through your lives on earth. And he says, you can have the supernatural, normal Christian life. Not because I give it to you outside of anything other than who I've created you to be. This is who you are. It's the same with something like prayer. We can come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want a radical prayer life where my words partner with your heart for my family, for my workplace, for my city, where I see what's on your heart breaking through and bringing change. And Jesus says, let me take you to the Father. And again, at the Father, you discover that you're a son and you're a daughter. And you're asking for something that was already laid into the fabric of who he created you to be. That actually prayer, ultimately, in this, in this beautiful intimacy between fathers and sons, that it is, the, it is the communication language of fathers and sons, that we get to talk with Father God. We get to understand and know his heart. We get to speak those things out with all authority. And Father God says, listen, I, I see you. You're a righteous man. You're a righteous woman and the prayers of a righteous man, the prayers of a righteous woman, they are powerful. This is who you are. And so in growing this fruit, it stems from and is built from the foundation of our identity. I want to finish with these thoughts. Ultimately, the normal Christian life is a life built upon. The sustained normal Christian life is built upon the foundation of of our identity in God through Christ Jesus that we're his sons and his daughters, and that we have access to seeds that we can plant in our life that we get to nurture and grow, and we get to have lasting remaining fruit. We all know that the trees, they don't produce fruit because they try to. They produce fruit because they're a fruit tree, right? You don't produce the normal Christian life because you try. It's because it's who you really are. Your identity as God's sons and daughters defines how you live life. And the process of of growing that normal Christian life, that process of, of partnering with Father God to see ourselves as he sees us, means that we get to nurture and steward and grow things that will sustain through every season of life. This is our goal. I don't want a flash in the pan experience of God. I want things that grow and build with momentum 
Momentum means I am further along in my growth journey in the prayer, in prophetic, in my understanding of his word, in worship, in evangelism, whatever it is that we go to the Father and ask ask for. And he says, it's in you because I built it into the fabric of your new identity. It's those things that I want to see momentum in. But the key in this thing is that we get to just ask. And that's what I want to do as we close out this morning. Would you stand with me? We get to ask. I want for us to, um, to just take a moment and maybe consider what are those things in our lives that, as it pertains to this discipleship journey, this journey of growing in God, what are the things that we feel like we left behind? What are the things that we feel like were present at one season, but now just don't show up? Because I believe that God would want to restore those things in greater measure you know, maybe you look at it and go, you know, I, I used to pray, but then I had kids, and that was busy. And maybe you said, I didn't used to pray, but now I pray because I've got teenagers and I'm consistently on my knees. <laughs> like, maybe that's where you're at. But either which way, it might be that it's like, you know what, I, I want to nurture every aspect of the normal Christian life. I want the supernatural. I want a fresh desire for the Word of God. I believe that this morning, the Holy Spirit is just here for you to ask to come to Father God, let Jesus take you wherever you're at, even in your disappointment, to say, God, I want that thing. I want that normal Christian life to be planted as a seed in my life. I'm going to nurture it. I'm going to pay attention to the environment that it's in. I'm going to prune whatever needs pruning, but ultimately I want lasting fruit in my life. I want the normal Christian life to be evident to those around me because it is who I really am. So Father God, this morning, I just say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you just give us the, the, the space, even in these moments, to ask of you what it is that we want to see established in our lives? This morning is not a time to beat ourselves up or to feel disappointed, but it's a fresh invitation to say, God, I want those things. And to allow Jesus to take you to Father God this morning, for you this morning to get a fresh revelation of just how much the Father loves you. And then for him to say, that very thing that you wanted, it is really who you are. It's who I always created you to be. So Father, we come to you now. We take a minute just to, in your own way and with the Lord. What is that thing that you want to see grown and nurtured in your life?